Hello, welcome to the Katie Halper Show. I'm Katie Halper, and I'm here with Leslie the Third. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. You? I'm good. I'm good. I'm freezing. Freezing? <laughs> yeah. I'm never cold. I think I must be anemic because I'm never. Do, do you trend hot or cold? I am from Louisiana, so. Well, which would that be? I tend. Well, how you define it? Right. So I feel like it's a personal thing as opposed to geographical, or maybe it's like back in the day geographical, but not like within our lifetimes geographical. I see what so, you're saying. So I'm always hot, but and my you're dad always is hot. always hot, but my mom's more cold. Yeah, I think I feel more cold usually. You, you okay? You. You trend cold. Someone said yeah. that once. I thought it sounded really smart. I trend. <laughs> I trend cold. <laughs> yeah. It is it metabolic? I think it's a, a a combo of things, honestly. But anyway, so you guys need to remind me to make sure that I take my iron. Well, first I'll get a, a my levels checked. We have a great show for you guys coming up. We are just bringing you what you've been asking for. Not quite. We're not bringing you Medicare for all, although we'd like to. Yeah, that's not yeah. on. That's not up to us. But we will be bringing uh, you some amazing speakers who are working on Medicare for all, working around that issue in various ways. By the way, let me just take a moment to to say, if I do say so myself, let me just take a moment to say. Please support the show on Patreon, not just because like you want to do that because it's the right thing to do, the righteous thing to do, but also you get really great content, including, oh, yes. right? Oh, yes. Yes, indeedy. Including like a really good Patreon only, mostly Patreon only, because I'm, I am I can't be, I'm too good of a, sometimes it's hard being this good of a person, but a mostly Patreon only interview that I'm going to have, of course, some of it will be unpaywalled because I can't do that to my people uh, about Haiti. It's a really good interview, and it's with Nazir St. Fort and Jeb Sprague. And Nazir's actually in, comes right from, talks to me, joins the show from Port-au-Prince. And it's really exciting, honestly. It's really hard to get a good Wi-Fi connection there. And we did it. We got a lot of time. Other shows, like The Gray Zone, they try to get Nazir St. Fort. They got a couple seconds with them, but... Just didn't work out, which I felt terrible about. But luckily, <laughs> when God closes a door, he opens a window. He opens a window. Halbert. And the that's Katie the Katie Halper show. show. Yeah. For the Katie Halper show. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, first half, we're going to be talking. Les and I are just going to be talking, and, and we're going to have these great guests on from whole Washington. And those are the people who really worked on Medicare for All, making it a reality on a state level. And then we're going to go to the opposite end of the spectrum and talk to some national participants in the Medicare for All. For Why do I keep saying for all rally? Leslie, I know you're really big into the Medicare for All rally, right? Yes. I've just seen you defending it. On I feel well, like you're more <laughs> anti-rally than... Well, it's, it's more about just... It's bizarre to see people who say they're socialist lobbying against the Medicare for all rally. What's going on with it? That just seems strange uh, to me as a pro wrestling fan. I don't do kayfabe. Well, when I see people being fake and not being honest about what they believe, I'm like, that's fake. Cause I, I've seen pro wrestling. So. What is, okay. I'm going to ask you something. I'm, I, I didn't used to have this. I, I, there was a time when I'd be really ashamed but I don't. What is that term? It gets thrown around all the time. Kayfabe. What is Kayfabe. it? Kayfabe. Oh, this is actually something I want to talk to you about. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm a wrestling guy. I'm a res. I'm pro before politics. I'm wrestling. Before politics, I'm wrestling. And you, but you can't understand politics, understanding wrestling. And it would be, uh, really unfortunate for me to allow you to not know wrestling while you're talking politics. That I, I would not be a good friend or co-host oh, at terrible. all. So first term, and this is good for uh, the audience too, kayfabe. Kayfabe is just pick Latin for fake. And kayfabe basically is the kind of veil of where of unbelievability around pro wrestling. Kayfabe is the fact that these guys are hired to go and do the job to 
who wins, who loses is determined beforehand. But when you're actually there at the show, you still pretend and still feel like it's the real thing. Now, it used to mean more the fact that back the, in the olden days of wrestling, they actually did not ever tell people that wrestling wasn't real or the fights weren't legitimate. And that was called keeping kayfabe. That means you would not talk to fans about your real life. You would always, let's say if you're the junkyard dog and you go into the grocery store, you're not going to be caught dead there with the Iron Sheik because the Iron Sheik is a bad guy. Stuff, And that's actually real things that happen. Also, like uh, it used to be back in the day, if you were a bad guy and you lived in town, like you had to watch your back because people would attack you because they believed it was real and that and breaking kayfabe is when you expose uh this artifice around everything where you say uh, sometimes this, this there was a moment almost a postmodernist moment in wrestling where the wrestlers would break would break character on screen this is the whole thing in the nice very strange thing they would break character and say no, the rest of the show is fake, but this part of the show is real. And so kayfabe comes up a lot in politics because, as we all know, the, Demo the Democrats and Republicans just feel like pro wrestlers pretending to fight each other. That's kind of just kayfabe. In reality, they mostly work together and are in sync on a lot of things. So that's how you that's one way kayfabe used in Got it. politics. Okay, I get it. I think I'm so so you're saying people who are really angry about either really angry or anti these Medicare for all rallies are maybe a little are, are keeping kayfabe. They just not, they're not saying what they actually mean, which is that uh, it, apparently the Democrats have decided quietly that Medicare for all is just not a thing anymore. And a lot of groups, progressive groups, even left leading groups have got that memo and have just decided we're not talking about Medicare for all now in the Biden administration. And so when a bunch of knuckleheads get together and say, Hey, wait a minute, you were talking about Medicare for all and say, we we're going to do this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. When's that moving forward? They can't just say, Hey, that was a joke. That was kayfabe guys. We, we didn't really mean that. So instead, it has to be whatever other stuff <laughs> that's on Twitter. But it's not; it has nothing to do with the actual rally or Medicare for all or politics. It's all kayfabe. It's all kayfabe, yeah. And we'll get into it. I have a little bit of a, a I don't know, say a bone to pick. There is what? How would you describe this in wrestling terms? What type this move? There's something that, and I, I'm. I think this is March is a good thing. I think I'm pro March. I'm pro rally. But there is one thing I want to urge my fellow M4A ralliers. I just want to say this one thing. I'm. We've established that certain politicians will not be showing up at these marches. Yes. Okay. Now, Leslie, is there like a wrestling move when it's like if what if I'm an or, organizing one of these or speaking at one of these, I want to I want to invite people to come, but then when they don't come. Isn't it just diminishing returns to call them out? I'm not being like, because Leslie, you're a big caller outer, and so am I. But it's more like, how could there's a certain point after which it's like, you're really not going to come? I can't, okay, I can't believe you. That person isn't coming. Wow, they're doing something else. Yeah, and well, then I, I I don't know if it directly parallels wrestling, but there is a thing where you. If so, you can't keep calling out someone who's not showing up for a fight, I guess the fans get bored. <laughs> oh my God, Leslie, that is it. And you know what? I'm not praising anyone when I say that. I'm not saying the people not showing up are not party poopers or whatever the mixed metaphor would be. Look, they're not showing up to the games. But if you keep, if we keep saying, I can't believe you're not showing up to the game, I can't believe you're not showing up to the game, I can't believe you're not showing up to the game, and they, it's just making it look like we're not good at getting people to the game. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It makes you look so, like a bad promotion back. Yeah. So don't worry. Yeah. About it. Yeah. So I just think that we need to figure out another way to do it. Yeah. The squad not turning up. We know they're not going to turn up though at this point. How do we do it in a way I'm all about calling out the squad, but let's do it <laughs> in a way that makes us the, we should be an offense. 
Not like yeah. reminding people that they're not coming to this thing that we want them to come to. Yeah. For everybody making the wrestling references in the chat, I, I see you. I appreciate you. I just don't want to derail the show talking about oh. wrestling, but I do see all of you in the chat. And But th there is one that's relevant. Somebody made a you, – you mentioned going on the offense, and somebody referenced this time where a wrestler – this is, actually happens a lot in wrestling, where wrestlers will actually go to the neighborhood of the person that they're mad at to yell at them. Someone suggested that maybe if you want to go on the offensive, you could do that to a politician you're upset about not going coming to the rally. I don't know if you need to go that hard this quickly, but I think that's something to consider in the future. Certainly something that's a standard strategy, actually. That's a standard So what is this in what does this look like in wrestling? Oh I could pull up a I think video. yeah. Maybe I can pull a video. It might so let's see. DX invasion give me one second folks okay. let's see here and by the this way guys remember patreon.com slash the katie halber show also everyone on this should be liking the stream and please subscribe we're so close to 50k in fact i'm a little embarrassed when i i'm doing that thing i'm urging people against because i'm like guys i can't believe it we got to get to 50k we got to get to 50k and then i'm just highlighting the the fact that we're not at 50k yet so what am I supposed to do? Be like, fuck, I don't care. Don't give me. No, but then I can't play. I can't be ungrateful to my to the people who already came yeah, and and subscribed. So, all, right. all right. So I do have right. a video here. All right, let me add, should I add to stream? Yeah. The old school resident fans will appreciate it. Viewer discretion is advised. This was 90, 90s professional wrestling. Okay. So these guys on the left, they're dressed in military fatigues and all that because they're staging an invasion of their rival promotion. And so, <laughs> I mean, this is direct action in a sense, right? They're going directly to the rival wrestling company's headquarters, like outside their building to yell at them and threaten them to fight them. Even though, of course, they know they're never going to actually fight each other and wrestle each other because it's all contracted, right? Like, they work for one company, the other guys work for the other company. It's not, nothing's going to happen. But they still show up at their office and yell outside and do a fake, like, political demonstration against the, the rival wrestling promotion. But the fans actually eat this up because those are big time wrestlers too. So it's hey, I bought tickets for one show. I'm getting this other show. Oh, this is in Northern Virginia. Wow. It looks like the school boards. It looks like our school board meetings. Oh, oh yeah, okay. it does. <laughs> That's the late the great Joni Laura, otherwise known as China, Hall of Fame professional wrestler. Yes. What happened? Oh, she passed away. I forget how she passed away. She dealt with a lot of drug addiction. Lots of wrestlers mm -hmm. passed away. I think she dealt with. Yeah, this is a classic wrestling clip. Now, I now as you see, he has his face painted black. I'm not gonna. They they did do a blackface skit. These people did do a 100% blackface skit. And this guy on the right here, he run, helps run the company now. So he's actually really powerful. Even though there's video of him. We can show it quite uh, right quickly if we want DX blackface. So we could, we could yeah, show sure. Right, right quick. What, yeah, what's wrong with a little bit of blackface? Oh, trigger warning, right? Should we yeah. offer blackface it's, warning? Yeah, blackface warning. BFW. Okay, so that's he's pretending to be the rock there. I think you can maybe, I think you can see some of the rock in him. That's Triple H. Paul's I forget his last name. Paul Levesque. He's he's a CEO and he's basically like next in line to run the company. So that's why it's interesting. Cause they did this like they were doing black that's blackface. That's just straight yeah. up he's like doing a pimp accent. And the funny thing is the black character is also that much of a stereotype too. The black guy, the actual black person who plays the character that he's parodying yeah. is also a race a racist trope himself so it's like not his two layers wow races two layers of racism on this one but yeah that's the CEO of the company 
That's wow. Yeah. Wow. You know what, Leslie? We don't like that. But you know we what we do like? like? We do like Medicare for all. Yes, we do. How do you like that? Was that not a seamless transition? Yes. And so we're going to bring in, let's see, we have a facilitator. Is she going to join for this part? I guess she is because she, all right, we are going to bring in, I'm going to bring in, first of all, her, you love her. She's been on the show before and she's going to, she's going to introduce the panelists that are coming on next. I'll do that too, but I want to introduce her because she's the, a real kind of a social lubricant and an unsung hero. And you know her as Sema. Sema Hernandez. Hello. And you're Hello. muted. You, you oh, see? my God. Yeah, there no. you are. Hi. How are you? Thanks for coming. Hi. Thanks for putting <laughs> this all together. Yeah, no, thanks for the invite and the opportunity to help put this panel together to have this wonderful discussion on Medicare for all. And the way you described me was like a social lubricant. It was so sexy. <laughs> okay. So, Sema, would you like to tell people, we can break that fourth wall, just tell people why you thought it'd be a good idea for me to do this panel? Because you were pushing it and you were right. But I wanted well, to let you to. And then, of course, it's great timing with the Medicare for all. But Absolutely. I think the last time we were on your show, it was with Dallas Goldtooth, and we were discussing the Biden administration and the tangible things that he could do. And we were having legit criticism about the squad and certain members in Congress that could be pushing for Medicare for all, at least help amplify the message of other organizations that are doing the work. And I did a shout out to whole Washington and then whole Washington is, is organizing this great ballot initiative that has a real chance of getting through. If only we help and, and literally put all of our resources together to help amplify what whole Washington is doing. And uh, that's how the panel started. And so I, I, helped try to volunteer to facilitate to get the message across for what whole Washington is doing in conjunction with Red Berets. And a friend of mine who is also a healthcare policy advisor on my campaign to help put this panel together so that we can all coalesce around this movement at a state-by-state -state level. Isn't that great, Leslie? No, yes, absolutely amazing. It's so great. I'm so moved by it. S s you really are Sema, a little fire, not little, sorry, you're a firecracker. You're a <laughs> yeah. firecracker, yeah. It's interesting. It's whole Washington. WW. WW. Isn't that part of the wrestling thing? Oh, WWF is you gotta have the whole. Oh, whole Washington fight. Whole Washington Federation. Yeah, whole wash. It's actually WWE World Wrestling Entertainment. But yes, now yes. Or World Wildlife Anyway, Foundation. So this could be the the whole Washington fight. Yes. That's what I'm saying. All right. So let's bring in the the whole the, let's bring in the WW women of the WW. WWW, whole Washington I can't figure it out. We're going to bring them in and let's just I'm going to bring them in all at once and then I'll read all their bios if that's okay. So we're going to bring in Georgia Davenport, Lisa Tibold, and Laura Fielding. Hello. Georgia's Hello. always been the most self-effacing of the bunch. I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's true. I just can't <laughs> see her for some reason. Oh, wait. No. Yeah, she's in there. She must have frozen. We're almost whole Washington. We feel a little not whole. But thank you guys so much for joining us. Tell okay. All right. Lisa T. Lisa Theobald is an organizer, activist, movement builder, political advisor for healthcare and ground penetration of demographics specific to marginalized communities, dedicated to drawing out the issues facing our communities across all demographics and addressing the root causes as they pertain to policy deregulation and corporate lobbying. Healthcare finance was her profession over the 10 years starting prior to the ACA, concluding in 2019 and navigated the vertical integration of insurance-driven healthcare from an independent provider perspective of a small business and nonprofit organization, participant of the Advisory Committee for a Large Electronic Medical Records System to provide user input on compliance and workflow, and she considers herself a professional ass-kicker, former auditor, that is pretty ass-kicking, literally, former auditor, banker, HR director, and federal tax consultant, 
Data doesn't lie. It's how it is skewed that is the problem. Reminds me a lot of myself. Oh, Kate, uh, that's a compliment. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Let's see. I'm laughing at myself, not at you. Okay. And then we also have Georgia Davenport, served as campaign uh, director and led the 100% volunteer effort to pass universal health care via ballot initiative in 2018. In 2017, she founded Whole Washington, filed the paperwork with the Secretary of State, and began all the necessary steps to form a 501c4 and founded the Whole Washington Initiative Writing Committee and a Senator Chase met with the Department of Revenue and the Employment Securities Department to get to vet I-1600 so that could be introduced to the legislature as a fully funded and easily implementable bill. Um, and let's see. Also, Georgia is a Washington State Democratic Central Committee member and was also the phone bank organizer of I-735, the initiative aimed at overturning Citizens United, which passed in 2016 by 63%. And uh, her interest in politics comes from wanting a better future for her daughter and for all the children who need us to enact bold legislation today to ensure that they can get the health care they need without using GoFundMe and so they can have a planet to inherit. That would be very nice. So thank you so much. Georgia for joining us. And then now I'll get back to the questions, but I got to read the impressive bios. And then Laura Fielding is the founder and executive director of Red Berets Medicare for All and board member of Whole Washington for Universal Healthcare. She's a holistic health care practitioner, wife and mother. One of her biggest joys in helping to build a grassroots creative coalition is knitting for people she knows in Washington state, working class people across the country and Medicare for All movement leaders. So thank you so much. Please tell us what you're working on, how whole Washington fits into the March for Medicare for All. How about this? Let's start with what is Medicare for All? Take it, Lisa. Thank you, Katie, so much for having us on your show. And I hope everyone can hear me well. Okay, so Medicare for All is the extended version of the current Medicare that seniors have when they turn 65. The legislation that had been written, the Bernie bill, which was 1804, was expanding Medicare to include everyone. It had a four-year phase in. One of those was, what well, the first phase would have been a public option. And there were two phases in between, which phased in individuals into the Medicare system by age tiers. And then eventually at the end, you would have had, you will have everybody in. And I'm using it in past tense because Bernie has not reintroduced that bill yet. So I'm working off of what we know was in that legislation. But the idea concept was to take the insurance industry totally out of healthcare delivery and to break up the vertical integration of healthcare delivery, which was created by the ACA. And that is what you see now, where you have hospital systems that are run by the insurance industry. You have plans that are marketed to your employers that they sell to you that keep you in MCOs and ACOs, which means that you are in network. And if you're out of network, your submission of claims can be denied, right? If you travel outside of your network and you get yourself into the hospital, you, you know, find yourself in a situation where nothing is getting covered, right? So Medicare for all will when it is implemented, cover everyone. And one of the big concerns was, what do you do with all of those individuals that are in the insurance industry that would inevitably lose their current jobs? Um, there's also a section in that bill that would retrain individuals and give them unemployment until they can get themselves reemployed again. So in a nutshell, that's technically what Medicare. My husband's name, surname is, they pronounce it Theobald, but okay. a lot of the family does call it, say, Tebald. Yeah. 
And I, I'd ask uh, anyone of you how the state strategy fits within a national strategy for healthcare for everyone. Why what people who don't live in Washington, what they should know about this. Yeah, so I always like to bring up the example of Canada. So Canada got their universal health care system province by province, starting with Saskatchewan. And obviously, every other province was like, hey, we want that. So it quickly spread across their country. And that's... Oops, sorry, I muted you. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I muted you by accident. And that's, okay. it, it spread from you... what to what? Oh, it from spread. province to province. <laughs> And so that's part of the appeal of doing a state-based program is it's like a good way to test and demonstrate how successful universal health care actually is. We all know on this program that it's more affordable, saves tons of money, as well as lives. But a lot of people in this country have been really, I don't want to use the word brainwash, but that's the only one I can think of, that it's socialized medicine. We know it's not socialized medicine. Um, the providers yeah. would stay. <laughs> yes, exactly. The providers would stay private, but they've been like, in, that's deeply ingrained. That thought is deeply ingrained with them. So I feel personally, and a lot of people with whole Washington feel that if we demonstrated with a successful state program, and like you said in the introduction, our bill has been vetted by the Employment Securities Department here in Washington State to make sure that it's implementable. So if we demonstrate with a state program like the whole Washington Health Trust, other states will want to do the same and also will increase pressure for the national plan. Yeah. All right. And yeah, have you had any people, have you spoken to people who started out as non-believers who you were able to convert? Oh, yeah. Actually, there's been a heated debate on and off on Twitter, as per usual on the left. We always are having to do that. And lots of people, after I tell them that, in fact, the whole Washington Health Trust has been demonstrated to save $9 billion annually for the state of Washington, we know universal health care saves money. We know that on the left. We just need to keep repeating it to ourselves because sometimes we get caught in this how much is, is it going to cost? And that it's, it's how much it's going to save and lives right. too. And our funding study was done by Dr. Gerald Friedman, who did the funding studies for the National Medicare for All plans and other state plans too. So it's really solid. Yeah. So I think that after explaining that our bill requests the federal waivers that would allow us to move in some federal revenue streams too, a lot of people have realized that this is, we've really, you know, done our homework for this bill. So, Yeah. And how much ha- does it save for, do you guys know off the top of your heads, how much it saves for Washington? In 2017, when Dr. Gerald Friedman did his funding study, he demonstrated even covering everybody, including vision and dental, we modeled our bill after the Medicare for All bill nationally. It still saves $9 billion annually. Now, um, that number has gone up. We commissioned a new study based on everything that's happened after COVID-19. And the fact that our healthcare costs keep rising and rising in this country. And it, it will save more money. And we actually have a surplus in our bill right now of $12 billion. So that means we're raising too much revenue. So we can actually eliminate some of the funding streams. And one of the things I want to do in the future iterations of the bill is eliminate premiums and reduce the cost. Because really what we're trying to do with the whole Washington Health Trust is not only cover everybody in the state, all state residents, but we have 14 billionaires here in Washington state and they pay zero income tax because we have no income tax in Washington state. So it's no coincidence that they decide to live here. Wow. (laughs) So we have the most regressive tax system in the United States. And everybody thinks, oh, Washington State, they're progressive. They're a bunch of Democrats, right? No, we have property tax. We have sales tax. They just keep tax, piling more and more taxes on the working class in our state. And then Bezos and the other billionaires get off scot-free, basically. (laughs) So one of the things we wanted to do with the whole Washington Health Trust is balance that out a bit. Wow. No income tax. Mm-hmm. 
I did see that show and I really love it, The Killing. So I know how dark and grisly it gets there, but I didn't know that part of it. Wow, I'm unmuting Asema in part because she's laughing, which I was like. But I also want to make sure I am. If I muted anyone, it's only because there was some some audio coming through. But and Laura, tell us about the Red Berets. And thank you, by the way, Georgia and Lisa, for what you've already said. It's really informative. But yeah, thanks for inviting me on all of us on the show, Katie. It's awesome. Course, yeah. The Red Berets. We started crafting inspired by like when I saw all of the aerial views of the, the, the pussy hats and the women's march and being a knitter myself, I thought we have got to find if we can craft in protest, we can craft for an issue. I wasn't involved in Bernie's 2016 campaign, but I voted for him. And then so it was about six or seven months after seven or eight months after that inaugural women's march that I was listening on YouTube to an older or kind of dated um, National Nurses United rally with Roseanne DeMauro speaking, Dr. Jane Sanders and Bernie. And that's when it all came together. I was like, oh, yeah, and we need a peace army. And I'm a veteran for peace. So let's start crafting for healthcare, not warfare. And this is one of the things that really drew me and connected me. Lisa was the conduit or connector to Sema's campaign, to Sema, because that was very much about her messaging. It was very much, if we can fund all of these endless wars, we can certainly fund National Improved Medicare for All. So yeah, I got the great honor and privilege of traveling out to Texas. It was way too hot for berets. We brought them anyway. So anyway, the, the whole vision is just like... froze. Oh. <laughs> it, no, you didn't freeze. I'm oh. saying that thank God oh. for small favors, like terrible yeah. global warming. <laughs> yeah. And Lisa has, I always quote her on Twitter. She said a while back, let's craft the fabric of our future. And I think that's how I look at it. We've got these different crochet, sewing, knitting, memeing, different forms of art. And we try not to be too rigid about it because if red's not your color, fine. But it is inspired by National Nurses United and think of all what a powerful color for healthcare that red is. And so literally we've just had people beginning to craft for the movement, be it Medicare for all candidates, independent media who are platforming activists for Medicare for all, movement leaders, nurses. That was the thing. It was, I was just posting like early pictures and I was like, let's knit for nurses and the 99%. And it was Catherine Lewandowski. I wasn't connected to any organizers. It was Catherine Lewandowski who saw my post and came down and visited because she wanted to hear about the idea, but really she wanted to recruit me to whole Washington. <laughs> no, but have you heard about whole Washington? So that's been the beginning. And then, yeah, we just, this, there's all the policy debate is important on one hand to know this bill and that bill. This is the way that we've got to do it. And this is the way, but for a couple of decades now, as I perceive it, learning what I have, what I know now about it is it's kind of like we silo people into these different sections. You're organizing over there for that bill. Uh, you're over here in this org. You're this, and it's very territorial. And I don't mean that policy debate is not important, but the idea of crafting this creative, connective fabric and a symbol of solidarity so that we're all, we are going to disagree about some strategies. We're going to disagree perhaps what's the better bill, but we're all demanding national improved Medicare for all, a single payer system. And we are working at the local level on local resolutions like Shama Sawant wrote and passed for Seattle. So see, it's not just state versus getting it nationally. It's actually, we have to build power at the very local level. And that's what we're hoping to do with Red Berets. So thanks to everybody who has, oh, and one thing I will say is that people are like curious, like how can we get one of these? Very curious. Um, we're very curious. You can see uh, my pin tweet. You can go to wholewashington.org and you can order one. And if you're a crafter, you can start crafting and Georgia will send you one of these. And it's actually 
We don't have, unfortunately, we would love to have our revolution national or Bernie or it's people start to send out mailers so that we could uh, raise some grassroots funds. Um, but it right now, what we're doing is we're knitting and, and, and crocheting these berets. And so you're actually helping to pay to print out all of these union printed petitions and each petition holds 20 signatures. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's very helpful. People are actually, it's not because there's been a little bit of stuff on Twitter. Like, oh, you're not a serious activist. What are you really doing? You're just knitting hats. And it's like, well, actually, we're helping to fund a ballot initiative. And um, that's a very important and noble cause. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, Sema. Yeah. And what about, what's the relation? And Sema, jump in with any questions, Sema or Leslie, any questions you have? I know, Sema, you'll probably have a bunch. <laughs> I do do want to tell people that what drew me to whole Washington was their, the ballot initiative that they launched, which was the first state ever to launch a ballot initiative back in 2018 to, to push for Medicare for all state by state, because we, we know that there's going to be a delay at the federal level to get legislation passed. But at the very least, the federal government is working on a different level. Activists and local people can organize at a state by state level. So I, I wanted to look at their game plan. I wanted to know what their blueprint was so that maybe we can replicate it in other places like Texas where our healthcare is being cut all the time and people are being pushed out of the current state funded Medicaid for children or even Medicare for adults without any moment's notice at all. So what really blew me away is that this ballot initiative cannot be vetoed by any uh, political party and cannot be vetoed by a governor. This is direct democracy directly coming to you from voters. So I thought that was totally kick-ass. Yeah, actually, ballot initiatives are something that I so appreciate having access to, just because we have so many corrupt elected officials. I'm, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, but in Washington State, for example, both the chairs of the House and Senate Democratic Health Care Committees are Democrats, <laughs> and they take tens of thousands of dollars from pharmaceutical companies and insurance companies for their elections. And no coincidence, they have never let a single payer bill out of their committees. They always kill it in committee. Sometimes, if we're lucky, we get a hearing, but then it dies in committee. So that's why I fell in love with the ballot um, measure process is because you can circumvent those elected officials who are definitely listening to the lobbyists, the healthcare lobbyists, and not their constituents or groups like whole Washington. So I'm glad you brought that up, Sema, about ballot initiatives, because that's a really great process. And one of my personal favorite things to do is to go to other state groups and help them out, talk about how to start their own 501c4, tell them about campaign tools like Action Network, texting tools, you know, Slack, that sort of thing. I really like to healthcare calculator from Progcode. Mm -hmm. Yes, we actually have a savings estimator on our website because what's the number one question you always hear from people is how much is it going to cost me? And I can say it's going to save money, but people really want those hard numbers. And Progressive Coders Network, they came up with a savings estimator based on the funding mechanisms that Dr. Gerald Friedman and our initiative writing committee came up with. And you can actually go in, put in your current amount that you pay for healthcare costs now, and it'll show you how much you'll save, unless you're Bezos. And then it's going to show you that it's going to cost a little bit more. <laughs> but for most Washingtonians, it's going to save us money. Yeah. And the reason why I bring up the ballot initiative is because we know what happened in California when the single payer um, ballot, or the, I'm sorry, single payer initiative happened and it was vetoed by the, our own you know, Democratic Party in California. That was devastating because we thought there's, they're in a majority in California and still that was vetoed. And just it was devastating to the movement because we thought that the Democratic Party has the best interest and we naively kept organizing and found out that's just not the case. So when it when our leaders in uh, in government fail, then it's literally up to us. And so y'all are the embodiment of 
what can be done at a state by state level. And Sema, by the way, I'm going to bring it back to the M4A, but Sema, can you tell people what you're up to? Oh, God, up to no good. That's good. <laughs> no good or none. Up to no good, yes. Well, yeah. Sema was a, as an organizer and big climate organizer and also ran for Congress. Yes. And can you talk about the relationship between the whole Washington and the Red Berets and also the Medicare for All marches that are happening across the country on July 24th? And what kind of uh, coalition of grassroots volunteers is bringing that together? and some of the coalition partners and speakers? I'll start that out. And then I think it would be great if Georgia talked about some of our coalition partners in Washington state specifically. It was a few months ago that Sharif Snuggs, who is one of, one of about five or six first core people who after forced the vote, just started looking around, finding out what's happening now. Okay, they didn't force the vote. What are we going to do? So started talking about creating a march for Medicare for all. And so he, he was sending out all these tweets, and it had a certain template to it that was like, and it wasn't from the March for Medicare for all account, it was like his own at that time. And it was like, at such and such, uh, will you answer the call? Lock the date, don't be late. And he just kept he was very persistent and just kept like adding me and a few other people um, like we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this on July 24th. And we, 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 so then he asked for a zoom meeting and we, we met on zoom and he said, I'd really love for the red berets and for whole Washington, you're separate. I can tell you're really interconnected, but like red berets is like more national and whole Washington is for the state. And I was like, it's actually a little more complicated than that. We are both really do a lot of activism for both, like a sort of multi-pronged approach or fight on all fronts. But yes, by and large, you could, whatever. Yes, we are separate. We're interrelated, but separate. And so he said, well, I, I would really, we would really like you to come aboard and partner with us. We'd like your partnership. And so, you know, I was at that point really coming from, I think, I was in a state of potentially overwhelm. Are we going to really, are we going to do this ballot initiative or we're going to do, we're launching this and a little bit of burnout. So I, I let him know we will help. Of course, I will reach out and just check with a few people, a hundred percent red berets. And then of course I contacted Georgia and a few other people from whole Washington and partnership, offering solidarity, that piece is 100% easy, no question. We're, in terms of the organizing, I, I did let him know, wow, helping on a national steering committee for a major march and overseeing many other steering committees is a huge undertaking uh, in and of itself. And with this ballot initiative, I just want to let you know, we are both on board for being partners and helping where we can, but that's really, that's a lot. We'll, we'll do what we can. Um, and then in the meantime, I reached out to Andre Stackhouse, who is the lead organizer. He's phenomenal. He had done a, recently we had invited Dr. Victoria Dooley and Justin Jackson on to do that live stream showing with that whole Washington hosted yeah. in the end of Black History Month. And so Andre is really all of the things that I'm not really. He's, well, he's just very great at, at voicing the policy. Also, I get a little bit or a lot bit excitable and fiery on Twitter. And he's just very good at coalition building and not firebombing everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, and just yeah. in the interest of time, I realized I want to make sure you guys got to what the issues of the, the end goals of the rally were. And also, let's see, what the end goals were and if there are any demands or calls to action that are coming from the, the rally, from the First marches, thing, sorry, the marches. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So as far as the national marches, I think in 55 locations now on Saturday, we are absolutely demanding. Our demands are national improved Medicare for all, for everybody all over the country. Biden could pass it under, under the 1881 Act, 1881A Act. So 
Those are the demands. I would also like people to go if they haven't signed up. We'd like you to go and sign up and, and just get out, get your friends out. There's probably a march near you. And also there is a lot of cost, this being entirely grassroots, there's a lot of cost that's being incurred by just organizers. It's literally the working class that are coming out of our pocket. We don't have a lot of money and yet we're funding things like permits, sound equipment, um, the whole nine yards. So if people can go and chip in and donate with for a button, a bumper sticker, or a little bit or a lot bit more than that, you will be... There's just so many people who have worked so hard. We really have a very diverse coalition, both in terms of people of all colors uh, of the rainbow. And as well, we have conservatives involved. We have uh, socialist alternative. We have Green Party. We, have, we really have people from all over uh, the political spectrum and ideology that are coming and as core art organizers and speakers. So if you're not following, go ahead. Let's let Georgia jump in. Sorry, Georgia. Oh, I, I just wanted to ask, didn't they just launch a petition to for human rights violations? They're, they're going to submit to the UN. So yeah, yeah. Cuba. Their, what's that? Wait, who, sorry. Wait, sorry. Say that again. That's oh, I, sorry. The March I, Medicare for All just launched this petition. Oh, that, good, okay. um, if, if That's good. Um, Maybe Laura can say it more concisely. I just saw it come through in an email, but it's basically if Medicare for All isn't enacted, then they're going to launch a complaint to the United Nations for human rights violations. So I think that petition's on like their homepage of their website. If you go to, maybe somebody has <laughs> March website. Yeah. I'm like whole Washington center. It's m4all.org. m4all. If it's a matter of compiling a list of human rights violations, Katie, <laughs> y'all know it's a long ass list. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I was, I got my ears perked up. I thought you were going to make fun of the Republicans for doing that in Cuba. No, but, and yeah, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's so many violations everywhere. Uh, <laughs> but one of the most interesting things that I've come to know from my policy talks with Lisa is like really digging deep into policy and her bringing me to the realization that it is the big pharma that of course underwrites the policies, but also the fossil fuel industries that also underwrite the healthcare industry. And I don't know if Lisa, would you mind talking a little bit about that to just give people some background as to why it's so difficult to get um, a ban on fracking and how that's tied to who underwrites our policies? So I think we all know that what we have as far as elected officials, they are heavily dependent upon who funds their campaigns. So it's really easy when you, I build over a million claims over a period of 10 years, my teams did. And when you are billing Medicare, it's, it becomes very apparent who runs what, when, even when it comes to Medicare, okay? Medicare dollars are being utilized to underwrite Medicare Advantage plans. They're basically taking the money that is for the people to pay for Medicare, and they are giving it to the insurance companies to underwrite certain plans, okay? And healthcare being regional, it is very easy then for health insurance companies who aggregate your data in a regional area to know what kind of illnesses are in those areas. And what is going to come up because of contaminants and environmental contaminants. And if your air quality is lousy, like in Pittsburgh, we have the second worst air quality in the country. And it has to do with the typography and the inversion and the inability for the air to get cleared out. So the pollutants stay stuck there. We have awful asthma, lots of COPD. There's a lot of cancers that come up because of that. So what you have then are energy industry that know 
this information and they work closely with the pharma lobby and the insurance lobbies because it's very easy now to underwrite insurance plans that have what we call medical protocols so that instead of your doctor dictating what kind of treatment you might need for a oncoming illness or something that's ailing you, your insurance industry is going to say, okay, this is how we treat this ailment. And it doesn't matter if it's Katie that's sick or if it's Lisa that's sick. We're two different individuals, right? Or Sema that is sick, who has a different biological background because she's indigenous, right? All of those things factor into how you treat people. But if you are an insurance industry underwriting an insurance plan, you can write medical protocols that fit into a box, one size fits all, and it's much cheaper to treat people under these protocols. It also is part of the reason why you see less and less doctors and more and more ARNPs that are supervised by doctors because they aren't going to go off the reservation and sorry, bad, bad, uh, bad reference, but we got it. We're working on, got to expunge our vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. The but they're, not, the... they're not going to get to a place where they're going to get into a battle about how they want to treat you. They are going to look up the protocol and say, okay, for this illness, this is how I'm going to treat you. You hear about doctors having to file, what do they call it? I want to say addendums. That's not it. What is it? Permission? Yeah, appeals. I was going to say appeal. I was like, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. They have to file appeals to be able to give you to what, if they need to get you an MRI per se, everybody's gone through this. I need an MRI. My shoulder's a mess. And they said, well, no, you're going to go to physical therapy for three months and then we're going to come back and we'll figure out whether or not you want that MRI. So that is all insurance industry driven, right? So your environmental contaminants, that's all the energy industry. So if you're looking up bills, you'll see that before a bill is introduced, it's got to clear the energy subcommittee. It's got to clear, oftentimes it's got to clear the Department of Homeland Security. And you're like, this is a healthcare bill. Why is it going through all these committees? That's part of the reason why, because all of these committees have a say because there are certain factors associated with how this all works and all the money associated with it. And that's why it's so complex. So in a nutshell, Medicare for all strips away all of that when everybody is being treated and all of your medical claims are being paid by Medicare, which is the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, all of your data is then aggregated in one place as well. Right now, what we have are disparate industry or insurance companies that are underwriting insurance plans. And if they own those insurance plans, that data is held in those ACOs and MCOs. And that's why when you change doctors, oftentimes none of your history transfers over to your doctors, right? So you end up having to get reworked up again and starting all over again. And if your employer changes insurance plans every year, which happens all the time, you have to change doctors, you have to go back in and start all over that all of that goes away. And if all that data is aggregated under Medicare, then we can look at all that data and we can draw conclusions about what is going on in Texas, which is a sacrifice zone. Seema can talk to you about this forever. Pennsylvania is the same kind of thing. We've got all these mines and we have all this fracking and we've become a state that's got pipelines crisscrossing it like spaghetti. And all of those contaminants in the ground and in your atmosphere and around you environmentally are going to impact your population and you're going to see disease manifesting because of it. So that's how that's intertwined. Wow. That's uh, depressing and also exciting because it's nice to know that you guys are working on these things. So where, what can people do to find out more about what you're working on? 
Uh, the best website to go to is wholewashington.org. You can sign up to volunteer. You can donate. You can get a red beret. Actually, I got a lot more red berets sent to me by our wonderful crafter named Fran, whose red beret I'm wearing now. And also, we have Bernie mitts. Oh, also I need to crafted. Okay. <laughs> so um, there's just a lot on our website, like the savings estimator, merchandise. And a lot of people might be wondering, why would I donate to an organization in Washington State when I'm in New York? And like I said earlier, I think it's just we're getting the ball rolling. Once I think as Sharif likes to say, open the, the floodgates are open. So that's what whole Washington's gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna enact the system just like Canada did, province by province, but state by state, and hopefully pressure at the same time the federal government to pass Medicare for all. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm a little disturbed because I heard you have multiple hats and I thought we were fighting for a world where uh, to each according to his own needs. And I don't have any of those berets. I don't think Leslie does. So we're going to have to talk about this off camera. Winter is coming. So Winter is coming. we really got it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, everyone also does need a March for Medicare for all button and t-shirt to go yeah. with and on their red berets because I know we're in a rush here, but this is one of the things that I thought. If This is the fabric. People can put whatever their orgs. If you're DSA, you wear your DSA M for A button on it. If you're Our Revolution, wear that. It's personalized, yeah. but we need, yeah. So wholewashington.org and mforall.org. Thank you for making both of those two stops this evening or when you see this. Thank you. And, and thank you all. And thank you for the policy talk. Thank you for yeah. the, the, what do you call it? The blueprint for doing this. And thank you for the Red Berets that help to fundraise, not just for candidates like me, but also for the ballot initiative. That's super important that they're tied together. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. Well, now I'm like totally blown away because when she said the pussy hats, I was, I wanted to laugh and I was containing myself. Yeah. Because it was just a sea of pink, but with no purpose. It was just a statement. This is an actual cause. Purpose with pink. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Red, red, what, what, red for, I don't know, reform or revolution, wherever you fall revolution. in the spectrum, versus uh, pink for platitude. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you. you for having us on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sema. Not a problem. You guys keep doing great work and keep kicking ass out there in Washington. We'll just keep on pressuring our elected officials, our progressives to do their work. And hopefully they can learn something from the Texas Democrats here who literally just left the fucking floor and said we're not voting for your voting rights. But I'm really excited to have you guys here and uh, thank you Katie for thank helping you. to put this together yeah. I know policy, healthcare policy is very long and sometimes too much but it's super important to yeah. know the ins and outs of it and how people can get motivated to fight for their rights and not end up another failed attempt as most of our members in Congress have right showed us yeah but i'm happy to stay i'm happy to yeah, go somehow. will you stay and and uh, be, continue to be that social lubri- sexy social lubricant Hello. That we were all talking <laughs> about before? Okay. not that you guys also aren't that too but okay bye Thank guys bye. Bye. <laughs> bye bye that was great right guys wasn't that great yeah. oh, damn. Hold, on. oh hold, on. hold on hold on hold on hold on that was great Right, guys. Yes. All right. Yes, yeah. very good. All right, that was very good. Now we're gonna bring on those were those are some of the people who I just wanted to put the faces to the names and also people keep talking about this cause Medicare for all. It's just like just a bunch of angry celebrities and there's some of that and we're gonna have uh, one of those coming right to join us right now. <laughs> but it's about so much more than that and we're but we are bringing on two speakers from the people who are actually speaking in the March uh, this weekend and uh, them you love them 
You have strong feelings about them, let's say. Definitely, one way or another. Lee Cam. Lee Cam from Redacted Tonight. And, hey, Tara Reid from A Left Out. When when the truth doesn't fit. Doesn't fit in. And someone I've spoke. Left it. There you go. So, welcome. And and also, they're now mostly famous for being... Everything that they've done since before is going to be eclipsed by their participation in uh, the Medicare for All rallies. So welcome. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining. And uh, Sema, you want to take away the questions? I'm just kidding. But have you guys met Sema before? Have you met Sema? No, I haven't. Yeah, I've I've had everybody on here on Redacted VIP. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, we actually met in person. And uh, yes, Um, totally cool. Yeah. Believe what you've heard. <laughs> yeah. So tell us what your Tara Lee, what are you guys doing for the uh, March on Saturday? What made you get involved in it? What else, what are you up to in life? Because we just had that wonky thing and now we're in the, we're talking to our big RT celebs. I think we'll have to register the show as a foreign uh, agent right now. You don't have your Russian hat this time though. I don't. <laughs> Wait, I should have it. <laughs> it's no, not a problem. Oh, no, I am a Tara, you're muted. I, Tara, I think you're muted. Yeah, oh, you're Tara, muted. you're muted. Tara, you're muted. Wow, Tara, you're yeah. muted. You're silenced. You're shadow banned, even by StreamYard. Yeah. Privately. Privately. If I spoke Russian, I would respond. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is the only one of us that had to um, register as a foreign agent, though I'm not registered yet, so I'm not legit. <laughs> I will say I didn't actually have to register. Only the network had to register. So I'm sadly, I don't have my card. I'm not a card carrying foreign agent. No license to kill. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I'm just a useless idiot. So I'm not the useful one. All right. Yeah. Not even. Yeah. What do you look? Let's just talk about it, guys, because someone in the comments said earlier, like, I wish I wonder which progressive. Oh, yeah, this is true, by the way. Tara, you don't have headphones, do you, by any chance? I do. Let's do you want to see if they work? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Let's and try. This gives us a chance to revisit the very important uh, message. Help Katie help her surpass 50K subscribers. Don't forget to, to sub. Yeah. But um, yeah. Let me just mute you, Tara, until you don't get triggered. I will not shut. I won't suppress your voice once you okay. put in your headphones. So okay. I'm going to be clear. Yeah. Uh, Katie, I have four different YouTube accounts. And so I have subscribed four times to your oh, show to get you, you over 50. Oh, great. Uh-oh. You're going to get same me. Go, same goes for Lee. Oh, great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you're running a bot farm now, Katie. I know. Seriously, I was going to say, isn't that going to get me in trouble? That you, you're voting free or early and often? Uh, well, frequently? yeah. So, I change devices. She, you know, she's also the entire K-Hive. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is our knows them. Tara knows the K-Hive well. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Sorry. How's the audio right now? Someone was just telling me, Katie, that shtick is getting old. Leslie, they didn't even pay for, they didn't even pay for yeah. that. Why did I read that? Uh, why? If you're going to talk to me like you know me in real life, be nice to me. <laughs> Not too much ads. But no haters tonight. Haters tonight. We got great paddles. <laughs> We're not dealing with any of the haters. And you know what also is annoying is that someone's like, that shtick is getting old. Someone will say that, and there'll be one person who says that. But so many people won't say that. And they will maybe like that shtick. Katie, this this is... The, you and I as comedians know this well. You play to an audience of 100. They're all laughing. One guy's sitting there bored, and you just notice him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for reminding. Thank you. Yeah. Lee, God, Lee, Lee really stand up, made it. Lee and I used to do comedy together and one of us really made it. And then Lee. Uh, we both really me. made it. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. Let's see. Tara, are you back now? She's muted. You're muted. Okay. Let me unmute you. you. Oh, okay. Am I uh, unmuted? Yes. You're unmuted. Yay. Okay. okay. Great. All right. They can hear me. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay, sorry. I'm you know that was such a great talk last on the last section, so I'm just my my brain is de compressing. But and I've had a hard day. I'm sorry guys. I don't mean to complain. Nothing dramatic. But you know what it is? I'm going to be honest. Yeah. And this is what I'm T- bringing up with you guys. Yeah. The left intra left fighting. I know I just need to ignore it. 
but I got so stressed out by it and there's really no reason to. So I'm just going to, I'm going to move off of that and just ask you guys why this matters. And what do you say to people who say, oh, this is just divisive. This is just, what are the things that they say? This is because you hate the squad. Um, you're, what is it like turning against our, our enemy, you're making enemies, making allies into enemies. What's your response to people who say stuff like that? Yeah, the best way to get at the squad, really get at them, is is ask for healthcare. It really is the best way to, to <laughs> right. really help. And to hear the rest of that interview and that chat, and it's really great. We start talking about all sorts of things, not just Medicare for all, but also foreign policy. Please go to patreon.com/slash/the Katie Helper Show again. That's patreon.com/slash/the Katie Helper Show.